Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bros Pod is, of course, brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season, of which there is plenty. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV50, B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a traveling version of Bill Roden on Sports. As Bill Roden, I'm on the road. Uh, you can hear background noise because I'm traveling, you know, but didn't want to miss you for our weekly podcast. So here I am, holding it down in an undisclosed location, heading east. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, here with my friend and co-host, who you'll hear mostly to, so we can have good audio. Uh, <laughs> the great Jamal Murphy. Hey, Murph, what's happening? What's up, Bill? It's great to be back this week. A lot going on. Uh, we got a special guest with us today. Someone who, uh, you know, definitely a friend of the program, friend of mine, friend of Bill's. Uh, but, you know, sports-wise, a lot going on. We're going to talk a little NBA. We got the Knicks getting off to a hot start. The Nets a little shaky. The Lakers a little shaky. But, you know, they, want, they had a big game, big win last night. And, of course, we're going to talk with our guest about all things uh, youth basketball, AAU basketball, a whole lot going on there. And our guest is Khalid Green. He is a former big-time high school coach in New York City, former Nets, Brooklyn Nets scout. Uh, he's currently director. He's one of the directors at New Heights Basketball, one of the best AU programs in the country right here in Brooklyn. Uh, Khalid Green. And of course, let me, let me not forget, he's also the co-host of the podcast Up Next, along with me. So that's the shameless plug. Check that out if you haven't already. But yes, Khalid Green, what's up, man? Peace, everyone. Hey, Khalid. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, it's always a pleasure, man. You put us on the map. <laughs> yes, sir. Had us in the New York Post, baby. <laughs> yes, sir. I have that effect, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, hey, 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 Khalid, I know we're going to talk about, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, but one of the reasons, you know, uh, Jamal and I thought it was great to you know have you on the show. It, it really kind of came out of a conversation we, as we ended our last show. You know, Jamal had to go and uh, pick up his son to take him to Little League Baseball. And then we started talking about that. And then he said, Little League Baseball one day, then the next day, uh, Little League Football. And I was like, man, isn't it freezing out there? You know, isn't it cold? And then from there, we start talking about parents and, you know, how there's a part of 
of youth sports, which you're an expert in, that I would say is a ripoff, but I'd like you to just tell us about, um, you know, youth sports. Everybody thinks their kid could be the next Venus Williams. You know, you got the movie coming up, the Netflix movie with Venus and Serena. Right. Or they think they could be the next Kyrie Irving. Or they think they think the next anybody, the next, you know, the next great baseball player, the next great soccer player. Um, and, well, you know, what what's... Have have you sports gotten any more intense since you were co- coaching? You were coaching at Lachlan at one point, right? Correct. Yeah. So, so I know we're going to end up talking about the NBA, but there's a kind of connection. But have the have the aspirations of parents toned down anymore, or have they accelerated uh, in the last, let's say, five ten years? Right. Uh... I think that's a great question. And to be frank, it, it has certainly accelerated uh, with the, you know, and I think the, the major thing that has made it accelerate is social media. Um, it, you know, it gives a lot of information, sometimes not all of it, you know, right and exact information, but it, you know, it's, it's a forum now where parents think they can go to, to get valid information and a lot of times they run with that information um, and it's not all, you know, like I said, it's not all correct information that they're getting. Um, the other thing is, um, you know, now we have, we have a situation or a process where parents can see that their children can make money. We have the, the NIL, the na- uh, name, image and likeness. So that's going to add a whole different um, dynamic to youth sports, uh, you know, parent kids that have 80,000, 100,000, 200,000 followers, and there are kids out there like that, they're going to be able to cash in now. So, you know, from a parent's perspective, that's going to also um, add flame <laughs> or fuel, if you will, to their drive to be the next one or, or have the next one. Talk about how you got into AAU because you know you're a high you're a high school coach, um, Nets Nets scout. Mm-hmm. What made you What made you want to get into the whole you know youth basketball AAU scene? Well, quite honestly, what people a lot of people don't realize before I way before I was a net scout, I was coach. I was just a community coach. Mm-hmm. I was coaching in in neighborhoods um, with a neighborhood group right here in Brooklyn. And we went around to different tournaments. At that time, there was Citywide, which was played at Left Rack, Queens. Um, there was Citywide in Harlem. Um, so uh, there was, you know, uh, Black Men Who Care here in Bed-Stuy, two, uh, Junior High School 258. Uh, you know, there was so many different local tournaments. And when I came home from college at Morehouse, I I, um, I just started coaching with the with the youth uh, program at that time called Jackie Robinson, and that's where I really got my foot in the door with, you know, coaching youth basketball. And um, sooner or later, you know, after I went to become the graduate assistant at Long Island University under Coach Ray Haskins, and then I think that was about ninety, probably ninety six, ninety seven. I started my own program, which was called Brooklyn Bridge. And um, with those same kind of neighborhood kids 
that's when I started getting into um, higher competition, which land, landed us in playing in the AAU uh, regionals, which we finished runner up in our first year to the Gauchos. And then we ended up going to the AAU nationals in Memphis, Tennessee, had to raise a lot of money in a short span of time. And then from there, that's when I started realizing, wow, this is a big, this is, this is a big deal because now we're playing against kids from all over the country that are really good. I remember that next year in eighth grade, we played against this big, like I thought I had somebody, I thought my height was pretty good at six, two. Uh, on that was the biggest kid on my team. We played against a six eight giant, who who now is on ESPN saying carry on all the time, named Kendrick Perkins. So yeah, so that you know, so that that those type of in, um, experiences opened my opened my eyes up to to what it what youth basketball could be and what it has become. Are you still a fan of it? I mean, you're still involved. You're at New Heights Academy, and so you know you're still involved. Are you still a fan of, of youth sports and the positives? And, and sort of what are those positives? Yeah, I'm definitely a fan. Um, I, I, you know, I love basketball, but I also love working particularly with black and brown youth and try and I use my, um, you know, I try to teach life skills to the young brothers that, that play for me. So um, like I, right now I'm, I'm enjoying, I, I coach an eighth and eighth grade national team. We like this month, we're going to, uh, we're going to a game and spooky nook. Um, and then the week after we're going to made hopes in Virginia. So there's a lot of travel. Um, but I, I definitely enjoy the mentoring part of it. Um, you know, and, you know, trying to teach these kids to open up their minds to different types of aspects in the world and navigating and I help try to navigate them and their parents through the pitfalls that I see, you know, a lot of parents make or, or a lot of there's a lot of pitfalls in the game that, you know, I, I think I do my best to try to navigate the kids through those pitfalls to be like choosing a high school, choosing the right high school, um, you know, choosing the right college, choosing the sport for the right reasons, playing the sport for the right reasons. So those are some of the things that I try to, you know, mentor the kids on and, and also try to, like I said, open up their minds to, to different aspects of life other than basketball. You kind of deal in and you work in the elite area right. of, of youth basketball, right? But it, the, the industry has gotten so big now that, you know, kids start as early as three, four, five. Right. And, then, and then, you know, it's become a money-making industry where you got people who, you know, who, who can prey on these, not prey, but, you know, they sometimes prey on these type of people where at that age, the parents of these kids all feel like, oh, my kid could be great, you know, because you don't know yet. You don't really know until you get to about eighth, ninth grade. So right. you know, kids got trainers and, and you know, every kid has a trainer. I don't care what sport it is. It is. Right. Even if they don't really, even if they're not elite yet, What's your what's your feeling on that? And I know that's changed because I know when I was coming up playing, we nobody had a trainer and all that kind of stuff. So how, what do you think about that aspect of the game? Yeah, that part of the game, I think, has gotten real corny, quite honestly. Like, I think there are too many trainers. There's not enough coaches. Right. You know, there's a lot of guys that, you know, they they turn on YouTube and they learn a couple of things and now they, they call themselves trainers. It happens like that with coaching as well. And I, I just think that, you know, 
I think kids now are playing less basketball um, and training more. And what I mean by that, you know, like you said, Jamal, when we grew up, you know, I would go to the park and play three on three and four on four. And I would play against, you know, in the park in Brooklyn, you know, you're playing against a gangster. Um, you're playing against an athlete. You're playing against, um, you know, uh, the brainy type. Right. Um, but, you know, it teaches you how to um, it teaches you social skills and it teaches you how to communicate. And um, and, you know, playing three on three, four on four teaches you how to instinctively play basketball. Um, I think a lot of these train, you know, a lot of times that I I can know I know kids that are training over training because they're almost like robots. When they get in the game, everything is pre-scripted and they really don't play with a rhythm. A lot of times I'm not going to say all the time, but a lot of times they don't play with the rhythm and they don't really naturally read the game. So I, I just think that, you know, um, I'm, I'm not devaluing training kids. But I am saying there needs to be more focus, in my opinion, on just straight playing basketball, you know, learning how to play with others um, and learning how to communicate on the court. That's one thing that I think is is an intangible that's really missing from the game of basketball, because we we have a generation of kids that communicate all through computers and through text. Mm -hmm. So when you get them on the court, it's really like pulling teeth telling them, teaching them how to, as a coach anyway, teaching them how to, um, you know, communicate with their teammates, you know, letting their pick teammates know, I, ha I have this guy now on defense, you, know, you can go get him or, or a good pass, just little things like that that mean a lot to a team I think is missing today. Yeah. I'm just curious, has, has it made, when you see uh, a guy like Cole Anthony, who you knew, you know, when he was young, uh, does that just make this whole, you know, back in the day, way back in like in the 60s or whatever, um, when the pro thing just wasn't that big a deal, or at least it couldn't be seen. Uh, but now you can really see it. You can see a direct path between being 12 years old and saying, hey, man, by the time you're 15, 16, 17, you can be on your way. If you know, there's certain moves that you have to make. So I'm wondering when you see a guy like Cole Anthony make it, does that just, again, for parents, you know, do that just kind of make it just more intense? Yeah. You know, the, the, the dream. Absolutely. Bill. Yeah, absolutely. Bill, because what happened, what's happening is, is, um, so you have the middle school, you have the middle school environment and, you know, there's a lot of different teams um, that don't have a sneaker sponsorship in the in the middle school environment. My 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 program was one of those. We were I, what I consider mom and pop organization. Um, you know, getting it out the mud. You know, raising money any way we could. And you're always going to get plucked off by those right now new heights, um, the Wrens, um, PSA Cardinals. <clears throat> those are programs that are sponsored by Nike. And what happens is those parents that you're talking about, Bill, that they're, they're you know, they, their kid might be, might've been eight years old when Cole Anthony was 14. So they're, and, and that might've been their kid's favorite player because they, 
that that kid now sees him earlier than they would have. Um, they see him on, um, you know, social media and he's doing highlights and they're seeing that. So now the parents and the kids are following that kid's path. So they're saying, okay, he went from playing for this little middle school program. Now he's playing with this um, grassroots program, Nike. That's what we need to do. You know, so these are, these are, these are some of the, this is the game behind the game. John, I read John Thompson's book and um, um, they, I think they, it's called, they call me shadow. And he used to always talk about um, the game behind the game. And what's happening is there's a, there's a lot of game behind the game going on. There's a lot of chess, chess moves that parents are playing because they are now, again, um, they are more aware of what's going on around them. They can see some of the, like you said, Bill, some of the pathways that the kids are going and they, they just want to follow that trend. Yeah. You know, when we talk about, you know, youth sports in the path to the pros or college scholarship, we'd always say, well, you know, uh, you've got all these young black kids in football, basketball, because it's affordable, but I'm wondering, you know, and once it becomes unaffordable, sort of the, there's a certain type of black folks who gets phased out. And I'm just wondering how expensive, we know baseball is really expensive uh, to play. And foot, you know, hockey is expensive. Uh, is basketball becoming really expensive to play? Uh, why has that remained a sport of the so-called masses? Um, you know what, Bill? I just had a talk with somebody the other day, and I think basketball is becoming more expensive to play. Um, it just depends on what level of basketball you're talking about. So, like, if you if you if you're a kid that's um, satisfied with just playing in the city, um, then basketball is not going to be that expensive. You usually can find a local team and play in the no local neighborhoods. But to the parent that you know is going to take this thing seriously, you know Jamal brought up training. So now they're going to buy. They're going to you know pay for a trainer. And then next thing you know, um, if you even if you're on one of the mom and pop teams, they're going to be um, on the middle school program. They're going to the, the, the ones that, even, that are not even sponsored are going to be traveling for the most part. So now you're talking about they're going to – I remember when I was with Brooklyn Bridge, we probably traveled. We didn't have a sneaker sponsorship, and we traveled probably at one point once per month. So now that's hotel fees, that's, that's uh, gas, that's uh, food, that, you know, pretty much if, if, you, if your program is not sponsored – the parents are going to have to pay for that. So, um, and that could come out to about, you know, maybe a thousand for the weekend, literally. I mean, maybe not a thousand, but maybe about 500 for the weekend when it's all said and done between you and your kid or even more. So, um, so I think it, I think basketball is getting more expensive because the taunt, there's more tournaments that offer more exposure. You have uh, guys that are ranking the players and they're, you know, they're, they're, uh, putting their stamp on some of these tournaments. So then it get it incentivizes incentivizes for parents and kids to go because they want to get ranked. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, that's the, uh, that's, that's the, that's your new conveyor belt, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I mean, it never, it, it never, what, what's the black involvement in the conveyor belt? That was always one of the issues mm. of the conveyor belt. Not so much that the conveyor belt in of itself, was quote unquote bad, but that African Americans didn't really control the conveyor belt. You basically mm -hmm. uh, were on it, 
uh, but but everything you fed everything into the pockets of white people. And does that still right. exist? Uh, um, absolutely. Um, I believe like um, so the kids. So I just show you. I give you a rundown or a walkthrough. Um, the kids start off in playing in the local community and in the local community, everybody pretty much, you know, looks like them. And then they play, you know, they, they're going to end up playing on an elite middle school program. Everybody pretty, pretty uh, looks like them there as well. Um, it starts getting a little uh, um, different um, when it comes to, you know, the, the elite level um, programs. And um, what happens is, you know, you know, we don't have uh, on elite level programs. We have we have some that are all black, which is OK. But we also have some that, are, you know, that are that are mixed and, and diverse, diverse, if you will. But really where it really starts getting, you know, I think the conveyor belt really gets goes from black to white in a, in a very um, specific way is when it it comes to high school and college. Um, um, because, you know, um, that's where, um, for example, that, that, you know, if you're an elite player, you're playing at one of these academy schools. And if you look at some of the academy schools, a lot of these academy schools do not have black coach, head coaches. Mm. You know, they have uh, white head coaches. Um, Monteverdi, Kevin Boyle does a good job. He's, he's, he's white. Um, you know, you have uh, IMG, you have, uh, you know, you have St. Pat's. Um, so, you know, a lot of those head coaches are not black. And then, um, and then moving, moving even further, Obviously, we know that, the, you know, this year was a great year for college basketball coaches to get hired, but it's still we're still well underrepresented on the, you know, on the elite level of, uh, of programs where black coaches should be, you know, more involved, if not higher, you know, um, should be the head coaches, um, you know, if they're qualified. So. And that's where, you know, the disparity comes in place. And, you know, obviously then you're going to have the agents that already have affiliations with the head coach. Right. And usually um, those agents, you know, um, you know, they, if they, if they have an affiliation, mm -hmm. then, you know, that those players will go with those, those, uh, with those agents. And then now a financial planner comes along with that. And, you know, the, the, uh, the more we keep talking, the more it gets, um, you know, that coffee went from from real black to cream, like Malcolm X just went <laughs> like, like, like light and sweet, light and sweet. Yeah. But yeah. Um, let me let me ask you this, because you because you talked about you, you say it, it changes at the higher levels in terms of like coaches and that kind of thing, but it, but even at the lower level, uh, elementary, who like who are the people who are getting paid at that level? Like who's who are running who are running the camps? Who are running the uh, big tournaments? Um, who are the who are the guys ranking the players like that kind of thing? Yeah, that's a good question. Like, um, I think at that level, um, there's some brothers out here that are, that have done a great job. Um, Jabon, we had uh, we had um, on our podcast, we had Mike Milton on. Yep. He's done a great job at B-Ball Spotlight. Uh, we also had a um, the commissioner of a game on. He's a brother. Mm -hmm. um you know he he does uh 
you know, a game, which is where we're going. Um, you know, uh, Chad Babel is not black, but he's done a hell of a job for um, the made hopes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, that is like the cream creme de la creme for, you know, middle school basketball now. Um, so he's done a hell of a job. So they're, they're, but for the most part, you know, the, the guys that are ranking, um, Kevin Daniels, we had on our podcast, um, he does a great job with his ranking. He's a brother, but, but we still, I, I'm, I'm sorry. We still need way more representation. Like I'm thinking off the top of my head, I can only call about three and it, it, there's a, there's a masses of, of people that are ranking um, like Finkelstein. And, you know, there's a masses of people that don't look like the, like the kids that that are that are ranking, and I just think that um, our people need to be more, especially youth, need to be more exposed into the different avenues that they can get into participate in this sport. Um, a lot of times we're not exposed to it, and that and that's that's not on anybody else. That's on you know me, you, Bill, and people that are kind of the elders. Now we have to you know let our youth know the different avenues that they can get into. And then kind of push them that way, especially when we know early that, you know, Tyrone can't can't shoot the ball like that, but he might be able to write, you know, right, so maybe right, he right. needs to go into journalism or or, you know, <laughs> little Muhammad can't <laughs> he, he can't throw that ball. But, you know, uh, he's great with math. So maybe he needs to do the rankings and, right. you know, you know, do analytics. So this is something that we need to start, you know, introducing our youth to it a little more. So we can have better representation down the road. Yeah. Hey, Kali, hey, before before we escalate to pro conversations, uh, how how what impact did COVID have? Uh, you know, when you got all these parents chopping at the bit, you know, they, they're on schedule to, you know, get these college scholarships and the whole thing. Uh, what what was your experience during during COVID? How challenging was that? Well, we're still in COVID. I don't want to make it seem like, you know, yeah. it's over. But, I mean, you guys are traveling and traveling around. What impact did, did, did COVID have? And then I'll ask you a Kyrie Irving question about COVID-19. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> well, 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 first of all, COVID had a hell of an impact on, you know, on our children, just period. Like, um you know, I, I just think about my godson who lost a whole year or year and a half of not being able to be in school, in high school. You know, so just the social aspect of, you know, ha- you know, hanging with your friends, you know, maybe meeting your first girlfriend. Like all of that was wiped out, you know, for, for a lot of for a lot of, our, you know, young brothers and sisters. And then also um, a- academically, I saw a lot of our kids, they learn better in person. Um, they need that that touch of a, you know, of in, of some of these teachers, some of these better teachers that can, you know, pull them to the side, you know, really teach them from a from a holistic standpoint. And, you know, I know so many kids that were just falling asleep on remote or just, you know, acting like they were on and then going to, you know, going to the store. Like it, it, I've heard it. I've heard it all. <laughs> I've heard it all. So. So yeah. just from that aspect, COVID hit hard. From the basketball standpoint, just I, I'm, I'm just thinking logistically. Like we usually um, would travel, uh, you know, in a in a 12, 12 passenger minivan. That was eliminated because we didn't want all our kids up in one van all together. So you know, parents had to 
parents were more comfortable with, all right, if we are going to go, I want him to stay in my room. And, um, you know, they're not going to stay, you know, the kids are not going to stay in, in rooms together. So that was eliminated. Um, you, you had less tournaments. Um, you had tournaments that were supposed to, you know, um, be in play, and then they were totally wiped out. Uh, I remember when COVID first hit, the whole summer of New York City, summer basketball was completely wiped out. It was dry out here. Like, nobody was playing basketball. And I think the crime rate went up, you know, um, because of that. So now I'm not saying directly because of that, but anytime, you know, we have kids that are just idle, we usually know that bad things can happen. Um, so, you know, COVID just, just completely um, did a, you know, did a lot of damage to the black community, to all communities, but to, to our community in particular, and um, to to the basketball scene, it, it definitely took a hit. Mm-hmm. So when you have a guy uh, trying to make a leap, when you have a guy like Kyrie Irving, uh, again, we talk about role modeling and, and how these kids pay attention to the co-athletes of the world. When you've got a, a guy like Kyrie Irving, uh, you know, not get vaccinated, uh, and you know, openly and all that kind of stuff. Uh, are kids listening to that stuff, or is that too high above their level? Um, that that's a good question. I would say that I do believe they're listening because, you know, and I only say that, Bill, because his sneaker is the one that they want the most. Like, I, I don't I don't know what the I don't have the stats in front of me, but I know for a fact, like they're asking for Kyrie's like they love Kyrie. They Kyrie is a is a genius on the court, as we all know. Um, they they try to practice his, his his between him and Steph. I think some of those are some of the most popular guards that guards youth younger guards follow. So, you know, they are paying attention. I don't know if they're paying attention. They're paying attention to Kyrie. Now they paying attention to the whole political scene and, you know, the reasons why and, and, and are they trying to flesh it out like us adults or why, or why not? He's not taking it. I don't know if they're, they're, they're into it like that, but they are watching him. They know he's not playing. And, you know, um, at some point I'm sure they'll ask, you know, in their heads, they're asking why, or, or they're saying, okay, he's not playing. Um, so, I, I just think that, you know, um, you know, these kids love the hell out of Kyrie. So, you know, I don't I don't want to say that, you know, they're against him not playing or, or, you know, vice versa. But they definitely are watching him as a role model. Before before we move on, I got to I just need you to give people a real sense of what's going on. Like you right now, you are. You're co you're a director of the eighth you're a director of the, the program as a whole, but you're you're coaching the eighth grade, an eighth grade team, right? At New Heights. Yes. Can, can you tell tell us uh your schedule? <laughs> no, give me well just so people understand what's going on here at the eighth grade level. Um tell us your schedule and then let's say in the next month, um, you know, where, where you guys are traveling and all that kind of stuff and the type of competition that you, you see out there. Okay, so we let me just give my team a shout out. We've already won a champion, our first championship. We won a game uh, two weeks ago. Oh, great. Um, great. Yeah, thank you. Um, 
And so now we're we're playing in so we're playing in a local tournament, which is called City is Mine. Um, and you know, a lot of the top teams in New York will be in that tournament. We play in that on Sunday, on, on November 6th. That following week, we're going back to a game where some of the top teams will be playing. That's in Pencil, that's in Pennsylvania, Spooky Nook, Pennsylvania. The weekend after that, we'll be in Hampton, Virginia at Made Hoops. Um, and then uh, then we come back to finish out the City City is Mine tournament. Um, then uh, I think in December, yeah, December, we're going again to Made Hoops. I think that's in, I think it's in Maryland. Or, or yeah, matter of fact, it's in Maryland. I think we're going to another session in January. I forgot where that is. Um, my birthday weekend, which is 13th through the 16th, I'm, no, I'm on the 16th, we go to North Carolina to play in the Junior Phenom Tournament. Um, at the end of the year, at the end of the summer, just skipping around, we're playing in, um, we'll be going to uh, uh, the Made Hoops Finale, which is in Augusta, Georgia. And we'll also be going to uh, probably Balling on the Beach, which is in Miami, Florida. And then we'll be in July. I think we're going to Las Vegas with, with our with our guy Gary Charles, right. um, his tournament, the Big Top tournament. So it's 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 a hell of a. <laughs> if you notice, there's a lot of cities involved. There's a lot of traveling. There's a lot of egos I have to manage, um, and I'm starting with the parents over the kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but 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 overall, it's a great experience for the kids. They get you know. It puts them on a the platform. We're going to be playing against some of the top talent, like you mentioned, Jamal, in the country. Kids that are ranked like number one in the country for eighth grade, and you know, and I, I, I and I don't have a kid ranked, so I tell my guys, you only eat what you kill. You know, this is this is where you have to, you know, if they have food, you got to take it off their plate. So, um, you know, that when you when you rank, you're eating. <laughs> I mean, when you're not ranked, you're not eating. So, how you gonna eat? You got to kill the dude in front of you. So <laughs> that's 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 what that's what our goal is. I call this my guys that are listening. We call this hunting season. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. I'm thinking about this. What's the purpose? Is the purpose uh, to get uh, college scholarships, or is the purpose just to give kids an experience? Uh, what what's what's the point? I, I that's a great point, and that's something that. Um, you know, for parents that are listening, you have to, you you need to have a purpose for this. Um, um, so the purpose that you should have is one, this allowed, this gives kids a platform to, before college, to quite honestly get a scholarship going into, you know, one of these high schools, you know, uh, pardon me, my dog, but one of these high schools, like, uh, you know, one of these Catholic schools, um, one of these academy schools, they are they are, they are watching on these circuits. They 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 have their people that are that are that are recruiting on these circuits. They they're there. Um, also to get your kid ranked. So the higher your kid ranked is, you know, the the more likely he will get a scholarship. Um, you know, which you know some schools in you know Catholic schools in New York, we're talking about fifteen twenty thousand dollars. So. That's so you're, you're putting in money, get something out of it. Um, and then I ultimately, you know, you want your son to put be in a high school to go to the next level, which would be college and get you a college scholarship 
And for some kids, they, some parents, they quite honestly are thinking they're not even thinking college. They're thinking, you know, my son is number two in the country. And, you know, if he continues on this trajectory, if he's number two by his junior class, we're going to go play for overtime or we're going to go to the G League or we're going to, you know, um, you know, we're going to maybe play overseas. So, you know, that's 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 the purpose. You know, the purpose is, you know, if you're not in this to get something tangibly out of it and you're just um, playing ball, you're wasting your time. You should be in this to, you know, get a tangible outcome out of playing all this basketball. Huh. That's a good point. That's a good point. So if you're just there just because I like playing, uh, I guess that's the thing about sports. Then you're playing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I just like I just like to play. So yeah, all right. <laughs> that's that's for that's for the locals. That's for the locals. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Well, you will be you will be weeded out, I guess. Because <laughs> no question, no question. Yeah. yeah. So um, you know. Uh, the NBA season started. Uh, I know Jamal, you're very excited. Maybe you are too, Khalid. You know the Knicks yeah. are five and one. You should probably take a yeah. picture of this. Uh, you know, <laughs> but I guess people say that the NBA is always better when the Knicks are doing well, and it's been quite a while. And I guess probably both of you guys have seen that when the Knicks are doing really, really good it percolates down to every level. Right. I agree. Like it, it, it gives the city a vibe, man. You know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm worked for, I grew up a Nick fan and then became a Nets fan when they started paying me. So I, I, I bet I have a affiliation and, and um, love for both franchises really at this point, but it's nothing like when the Knicks are doing great. Like they, they, it's almost like the city, uh, they have a magnetic pull with the city, you know, in, in a good way. And um, it just, you know, everybody starts talking about it. You go to the barbershops and, you know, people, people are, you know, excited. They, they talking, you know, they talking smack. Um, you know, now we can, now they can actually, you know, Nick fans can actually, talk smack with Brooklyn Nets fans and vice right. versa. So I think, I think it's just great for the city and um, it's nothing like a kid that's coming up and your, and your, your professional team is good. Like you, there's a certain pride you have, um, you know, in watching your professional team. I know I had it um, when I was growing up and I was watching, um, you know, uh, uh, at first it was, uh, you know, Michael Ray Richardson all the way up to Bernard King to, you know, to Patrick Ewan. I had a, I had affinity for those guys. You know, I, I took pride in the fact that they played for my city and obviously Chicago and the Bulls. <laughs> my mother, my mother was talking a lot of smack when, you know, when the Bulls were on top with Michael Jordan. So it's just a beautiful thing for the city. What is mm-hmm. it about? What is it about? Uh, Madison Square Garden, man. Like, there's no place like you watch a game in there. Even on TV, yeah. you watch a game. There's the electricity is crazy. I always wonder why. Why is it? And then you you're in Brooklyn at the Nets. It's not the same. No, you're in the same city. You you got you should have the same people. What what like what is it? What's the difference? I think the the Knicks fans have been through more pain, man. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. the passion. So the passion is stronger, man. Right. You know, uh, the passion is a lot stronger. And they've been in this. 
like this has been the city's franchise but for years you know and you know from the time that they won with uh walt frazier they've been looking they're like they're like drug addicts they've been looking for that one hit <laughs> They've been chasing that one hit since since that time. And it, it's, it's been, you know, it's been teased, but it's never come around. And, you know, right now it seems like, you know, the, the ball is, you know, things are moving in the right direction. Um, I think the Knicks did a great job hiring the, the front office they hired, right. uh, retaining Scott Perry, a friend of mine, and, and you know, hiring Leon Rose and, and, and World Wide West. I think that's a great combination. And, Everything starts from the top and then it, it just, you know, filters down. And Tom Thibodeau obviously was a great hire because he he has these guys playing hard as hell. And and that's the and that's the New York City way. They they play with a lot of grit. So. Right. Yeah. And I guess there's a difference between New York City and Brooklyn. Yeah. You know, nah, mean, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> I mean, New York, you know, New York, you know, the song. You don't have Frank Sinatra sing about Brooklyn, you know. <laughs> you know right, but we got we got Jay Z, baby. Listen, man. <laughs> hey, Bill. Hey, Bill. I love Brooklyn. I like New York, man. I'm gonna just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, right. I, 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 I understand. You know, people who are Omaha and people. <laughs> no, are going, no, 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 no. <laughs> gotta go to Brooklyn to make it. I gotta go to New York to make it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, we, we don't get into that. I mean, Brooklyn's fine. They yeah. got, you know, they got. I've got a nice bakery I like there, and you get, you know, uh, what's that? The where you get the cream, the, the cheesecake, you know, so it's it's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but then, but then yeah. you have a chance. But then you got Kyrie, you know, right. pushing the stuff off track. You know, it's kind of yeah. You know, you got the potential. Then you got Kyrie kind of gumming up the works. You know. Yeah, he's the wild card, Kyrie. But Kyrie, but you know what, man? Kyrie, they've been, they've known Kyrie was the wild card um, since they, since they got him, and now it's just, you know, it's, 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 it's amplified. Let's just leave right. it at that. But you know, they, they've known that, like, I, and I know they've known that because um, I've worked for four general managers, and nobody, I mean, nobody was more meticulous with doing intel. Then you know um, Sean Marks and and how he wanted us to do it. So I know they you know they they know what they're doing. They got all the intel and you know now here it is. Well, you know you could you could get you could get you talk about being addicted. You know, like in in, in the sports industry, you know, as you know, man, even at the youth level, you get so addicted to talent that you overlook mm-hmm. you overlook other things because somebody just has so much talent. And, yeah. you know, it, particularly in, in our business, you know, you, you could tell they're probably youth teams and a really talented kid. And that's where it starts, right? You get away with murder because you're just mm-hmm. so good, you know, and yeah. that's whatever at every level is kind of the same thing. You know, you get addicted to talent. Yes. Yeah, I agree. So let's, so let's talk about the next Nets quickly. Uh, just you know, on the court, they're, they're three and three. They they won a game. You know, they they beat Indiana last night. You got they have no Kyrie. We don't know if he's coming back. Uh, what do you what do you see from them? Like, what's the let's say Kyrie does not come back? Do you do you think they're a title contender without him? I think they are a title contender with with because I do believe um, James Harden will get in. You know, I think he's playing himself in shape just I like agree. he did last year. Right. Um, so I think he'll be fine. 
with those two, they're still a title contender, but I don't think they'll make it out the East with just those two. I do believe that they need Kyrie because I, I, um, you know, Milwaukee's still going to be Milwaukee as long as Giannis is, 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 is there and healthy. Um, you know, the Bulls, um, the Heat, the Heat looked very good. You know, so, so I, and these guys are, are, are younger. You know, these are, these are younger legs that are running around. So, you know, without Kyrie, I don't, I don't see them making it out the East. That's just me. Yeah. And so when you look back on it last year, that's why you can't, you know, one year doesn't necessarily link to the next year, but you know, Brooklyn was so close last year. I mean, they came within, you know, Kevin Durant's foot, you know, size, whatever foot being on the line, not on the line for beating Milwaukee. I mean, they were right there, but the way they look now, you know, I don't see them beating them again. You know, they, they let Milwaukee off the hook and Milwaukee, you know, just like a young player, suddenly you see yourself as a champion and, yeah, and, right. and your entire attitude toward yourself and toward winning changes. And right. I don't know if if Brooklyn could take them now, you know, uh, even yeah, if I, Kyrie comes back. Yeah, somebody else said that. I forgot who a commentator said that. That even if Kyrie comes back, they're not. He doesn't think they're the pick out of the East. I forgot who said it, but I, I agree. And they're not getting younger. Like these, these right. are not like young legs, and and they're fragile legs. You know, KD is two years off of his injury, and Harden's, you know, on, you know, just is working his way at back from rehab from his injury last year. And, and Kyrie always gets hurt. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, Kyrie has been, you know, injury prone. So. I, I just don't see in the 80 and now it's not 72 games this year it's 82 games. Right. So I, I just don't, I don't, they're fun to watch, but I think in the end, you know, um, in my pick and just to go on, on record, my pick is the Lakers this year. Wow. I was about, I was about to ask you, so you, so you still got confidence in the Lakers after, cause they, you talking about, they don't got young legs at all. Nah, but I just think LeBron has one more in him. Mm. I think LeBron has one more in him. And, you know, with that madman Westbrook, I think he's hungry enough and smart enough to kind of, you know, learn to play with LeBron. I think it'll work out. What about the Knicks? I think the Knicks will be. I think this year their goal should be to get out of the first round, obviously. And I think their second round knockout probably. Okay. Mm -hmm. I just think they need one more. They need somebody else who's good, who's a go-to player besides Jamal, uh, besides Randall, to really make you, a real. You think, real run. you think Phoenix was a mirage? Because I, I I can't have to think. Who did who did who did Milwaukee beat? It was it was Phoenix. Do you think right, Phoenix shot right. shot their shot? I think that was their shot. I think I think that was their shot. I think the West with Clay Thompson coming back if he comes back healthy. I think it's going to be between the Lakers and Golden State. Since you have the, the scouting uh, background, I got to ask you, one thing I always look at is, is the rookies. Tell me, tell me, uh, who, who are these, uh, this rookie class do you really like? Um, from the rookie class? Well, the kid, in, the kid Green from Houston has been exceptional. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he plays with a, with a, he plays with a purpose. <laughs> he plays like he, you know, he, 
he has a little he plays with a bounce mm-hmm. he can shoot i think he had like i think he set the record the other day in houston for the amount of threes in the game so he's he's really impressed me and guys that are not rookies that have impressed me is my man in memphis man i just think john morant oh, is, yeah. is is a sensation i think he's the next box office you know guy in the league um, reminds me of a little bit of Allen Iverson with the yeah. way he scores and he's fearless. Um, you know, ball is is tremendous in Charlotte. He got them playing well. Um, him and Miles Bridges look like a great combination. So you know, the league is the, the league is in, in in is in very good shape right now as far as the young bucks that are coming up. And um, you know, shout out to Grassroots Basketball for that. <laughs> That's right. right. Because, shout cup. out to the conveyor belt. You keep you keep pumping yep. them in. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. <laughs> when does Zion come to New York? When Zion comes to the Knicks, is that is that the trans is that the player that basically puts the Knicks finally back to championship form? I don't know about that, man. I don't know, man. Zion has to stay on the court, man. Zion. I don't know if he's ever going to, you know, I hope that he can, but I don't know if he's ever going to. Uh, his weight issues, I think, are a big problem, you know, and yeah. I think that, you know, with the injuries, you know, you have to really stay on the court and he can't at this point, he hasn't been able to stay on the court. Well, he did. Uh, he did. He did play. Six, he played. There were 72 game season last year. He played about 67 and they held him out out of like the last few games. So, I mean, he, last year he played the whole season. Then he got hurt in the offseason, I know. Right. But, I mean, I look at a guy like, you know, I get the injury issues, but, I mean, I look at a guy like Embiid. Like, yeah. he, he never, I mean, we still we still talk about Embiid like he's one of the guys, and he hasn't ever been able to stay on the court. In, in yeah, and, and, and he started off the season with his knee hurting. Like, right. Like, so I don't know if he's going to be – I mean, he that's a shaky – that whole situation is shaky, as we know, with you know Ben uh, Ben Simmons. Um, yeah. you know, what do you make of Simmons? Uh, is that an AAU? Well, he didn't he didn't come up through that AAU system, but he seems to have an AAU mentality. Technically, technically he kind of did because he went to Monteverdi. Um, you know, so he's been part of that. He's been part of the system. Um, yeah. And I, I just think that he needs to, like, he needs to man up, man. I just think he needs to man up. Like, this is, you know, um, you know, there's a right way to do it. You have to be a professional, first of all, in all, all walks of life. You know, whatever our profession is, that's the profession we chose. So there's certain type of standards that you have to meet. So, you know, obviously, you know, he went back to <laughs> to to Philly, so he didn't lose any more money. <laughs> and, um you know, um, they say he has, you know, mental issue, you know, some mental uh, mental situation going on right now. I hope that's real. And if it is, I hope he gets, you know, the help that he that he needs to get. But um, I think he's going to get traded. I think he, it's just a matter of time before he gets traded. But the problem is it's a it's a it's a biased market now. And, and Philly, Philly is not going to probably going to get a, dial, a a penny on the dime now. <laughs> mm. You're right, because they know they're desperate. Um, yeah. Uh, well, listen, in, in a few minutes we've got left, this still is the NFL season. To me, when I think of the NBA, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still watching NFL football uh, and uh, still keep my eye on the playoffs with Dusty Baker, you know, mm. uh, 
you're choosing for the people, as, you know, choosing for the black manager. Uh, NFL still hoping that uh, Lamar Jackson can pull it off. So, so we, so Jamal, this is a time of the of the show where you give us our our black quarterback ranking. Uh, right. We do that every Jamal does it every week, and you know we have yeah. enough black quarterbacks now that we actually could do a black quarterback ranking. So Jamal, it's a beautiful who's, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who's the black quarterback? What, what's the uh, what are the rankings for this week? All right, the the, B, the BQB PRs for week seven, the black quarterback power rankings for week seven. Not much changes, so I could pretty much fly through this. Uh, but there was one change at the top. You know, Kyler Murray's been number one all season, uh, put up monster numbers, but he did take a, a loss uh, on Thursday. They lost to Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams. Uh, Kyler Murray didn't, you know, didn't have a great performance. 274 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, only a 67 uh, passer rating. So that move, so someone had to move past them up top. And now the number one Q, QB in the power rankings is our boy Dak Prescott. Ah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Dak, if he play, if he play, right? he he's a little, he's questionable this week with a with a calf injury. But five and one, you know, he's coming off the bye week, five and one. But he's number one in completion percentage in the, in the entire league, seventy three percent, fourth in yards per game. He has 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. He's third in passer rating. I mean, he's been the man all season. Ky- Kyler had, you know, was a step above him. But, Kyler, you know, one game will hurt you in this. Yeah. So, so Kyler drops it too. Lamar, the, our guy, Lamar Jackson, of course, you know, he's still, he's still box office, the guy we all want to see. Uh, he's still number three. Mahomes still struggling a little bit. Uh, is number four, even though. You know, it's the defense for him. It's, he really he has, he has no offensive line. He's he's still up top in touchdowns, but has thrown a lot of interceptions. So Mahomes at four. Win, Jameis Winston jumps up to five. Uh, you got Teddy Bridgewater at six. Jalen Hurts seven. Geno Smith eight, and Justin Fields nine. And remember, Russell Wilson is hurt, or he'd be right in the mix. Right. Uh, Tyrod Taylor's hurt, and Trey Lance is on the bench. That's what we got for week seven. Although he may he may play this Sunday. He, he's healthy enough to play, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so there you have. It. Well, this has been this has been great. It's been great, Khalid. You know, talking. You know, you're one of the most knowledgeable folks I know, particularly when it comes down to breaking down talent and young talent and the the youth scene uh, in New York City and just the whole business of youth sports. Which I feel yeah, I got. is fascinating. Did, did you, you you wrote a book, right? Or your book is coming yeah, out? Yeah, 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 yeah. My book will be coming out. Uh, I believe around Kwanzaa. Yeah, so I'll come up back on here and promote it. <laughs> yeah, and tell us what the name of it is. What's what the subject matter is? Uh, basically, the subject matter. I'm I'm helping to navigate. Um, you know, parent black parents and black and brown parents in particular through youth sports. So. From from my experiences from being a youth coach all the way to being an NBA scout, I help to you know navigate them through that. All right. System. Yeah. All right. Well, that's great. I'll be wait, like Bill, wait. baby. That, that's a guy that all parents need to read because you know, uh, particularly as a business gets bigger, parents yeah, need yeah. you know every 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 parent thinks their kid is a star, you know, until they yeah. aren't. You know, that's right. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. All right, soon, soon. You know, Jamal will be the next one, man. 
uh, range that starts getting into the system, you know. That's right. <laughs> I'll be I'll be chill though. I ain't, I'm, gonna, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna wild out as a parent. You know? <laughs> I always found I always found as a coach, the best parents were the were the, were the parents who at least played the game on some level. That's they, true. You know those, those are the ones that kind of, they kind of understand what's going on. They don't go yeah. too crazy. It's yeah. the ones that that didn't do that didn't play had no relationship to the game. They those are the ones to watch out for. Absolutely. All right. Hey, well, hey, this has been this has been cool, man. Khalid uh, Green, thank you so my much, pleasure. man. My pleasure. This, Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, this has been this has been great. You know, good luck with New Heights Academy doing great things with New Heights. Uh, good luck with with the extensive tournament. You know, hope you bring home <laughs> another championship and uh, yeah, man. you know get those scholarships. Yes, That's sir. Right. That's right. Thank you. All right. Yes. Thanks to Khalid Green once again for joining us. Uh, thanks to all the listeners. Keep listening. Uh, keep supporting. Uh, keep uh, keep communicating with us. Follow us on Instagram at BrosPod, Twitter at BrosPod, Facebook at Bill Roden on Sports, um, and of course we are brought to you by Bet Online. And good stuff coming next week as usual. All right, hey, everybody, uh, have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy uh, NFL games uh, or, or the World Series or whatever it is you're doing. Uh, continue to stay safe. Continue to, uh, you know, uh, take this stuff seriously. Take COVID seriously. Uh, it's still real. Uh, so be safe, be smart, and God bless. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.